When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The king and queen are coming to Downton. What? I want every surface to gleam and sparkle. A royal luncheon, a parade, and a dinner. I'm going to have to sit down. Your Majesties, welcome to Downton Abbey. When the series Downton Abbey aired from 2010 to 2015, its rich period look was Emmy-nominated for production design in each of the six seasons, and it won the Emmy in 2016. This work was led by production designer Donald Woods, who was also nominated for three BAFTAs and three Art Directors Guild Awards for the series. Woods, who has earned a total of eight Emmy nominations and has one win, has a list of credits including Cranford, My Week with Marilyn, and Homeland. Today, he talks with us about his work on Downton Abbey, both the series as well as the upcoming movie, which opens September 20th. This includes a look at the lavish sets as well as location work around the UK. I'm Carolyn Jardina. Welcome to the Hollywood Reporters Behind the Screen. Donald, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. So you actually started with Downton Abbey on the original series beginning in 2010, correct? Well, 2009, we started to look for the house. So um, it's been 10 years, really, in the making. So we found the house in 2009 after looking at a lot of other houses. So yeah, we made the series in 2010. Uh, the house being Highclere Castle in the UK, which we used for the exterior and many of the interiors. That's such an important part of the show. What attracted you to that particular castle? Well, strangely, Julian had written it about Highclere, but we felt it ought to be in Yorkshire, where it is actually set, the whole series. So we looked at another, I suppose, 20 houses in Yorkshire in and around the north of England, plus other places in England. So I think we looked at probably 40 houses, looked at 100 houses and more online and photographs. But uh, guess what? We came back to Highclere Castle. Um, it was actually the first place we uh, visited, but we did due diligence and uh, looked at many more. But in the end, we came back to Highclere. It was a remodel. There's been a house there since the 1600s, but it was remodeled in the middle of the sort of 1860s, uh, that sort of time, by Sir Charles Barry, who was building Houses of Parliament at the time. It's like having, you know, like, he was like the, the architect of the time. He was the Frank Geary of the time. So really what was attractive about it was that the rooms in the house are all different. So lots of English houses, I'm, I'm sure you know, they're very, very, very beautiful, but lots of the, the rooms inside the house are, are, are quite similar in architecture. 
and, and quite similar in interior design. Whereas Highclere, each room has had its own character. The, the drawing room is very French. The library is very, very English and gold and warm. And the dining room's got the huge Van Dyke painting. So each room had its own character. And I think that was very important when you're going to start, hopefully, you don't know you're going to do it, but hopefully doing a long running series is that each room will have its own identity, each, like each character in, in the story. So for the interiors of the castle, what was built and what was shot on location? Uh, what was built was the downstairs, all of the uh, servants' area, the kitchens, the servants' hall, Carson's office, the corridors, the servants' bedrooms, and a lot of the uh, estate bedrooms were built. So in fact, at Highclere, we used the main hall, the drawing room, the dining room, and the library, and of course, the exteriors. So really, probably more of it is actually shot on, on a stage than is actually shot at Highclere which was, you know, was the case for the TV series and it was even more so for the film. We, we actually built more bedrooms and more corridors and more everything, uh, a wine cellar, a silver room for the film. Would you elaborate on some of the work that you did for the film, which I believe was all shot at Shepperton Studios, correct? Correct. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. So the kitchen and servant hall and the, and the sets you recognize from the TV series, they needed a total refurbishment. They almost needed rebuilding, to be honest. So they were constructed, extra corridors were built, servants' bedrooms were built, we built a silver room, a servery, a wine cellar, uh, two more bedrooms, and the interior of Carson's cottage where he has retired to. So for the house, they were the main things that we built in addition. So uh, it was quite a big build at Shepparton over two stages. What sort of research was involved in creating the look for the interior of the house? Basically, the bedrooms themselves we modelled on Highclere, but below stairs, the kitchen and the servants' hall and the, all the servants' working areas, I've got reference from all the houses I visited. Um, everywhere, everywhere's got something unique, got something interesting. So I basically designed all the best bits that I researched. And what pieces did you build? What were period antiques? Uh, did you use a combination of both? Um, yeah, we, we built some furniture. We built um, the wine cellar, for instance. We built all the wine racks, which we needed to be built. So that was a huge wine cellar has been built. But most of the, the furniture was hired. A lot of the furniture we had originally for the TV series has gone to the exhibition, which is uh, now in Boston. But the furniture for the film was, was pretty much mostly hired. Now, the story obviously expands for the film. Let's talk about some of the new locations that you had to create. For instance, the castle where the ball is held. Uh, yes, I mean, Harwood House is actually mentioned in the story, and it's a real place. And the king's daughter did actually live there at the time. And so Julian wrote to Harwood House near in Leeds in the north of England and asked their permission. And uh, they, they were grateful, and we actually filmed there. But the one thing they didn't have was, as you've seen in the trailer, was a ballroom. They didn't have a big ballroom. So that ballroom was in another house further just uh, an hour south of there called Wentworth Woodhouse, which is one of the biggest houses sadly empty now and sadly in disrepair but one of the biggest houses in, in the whole of the, of the UK and, and almost in Europe so we combined two houses to be one. Would you tell us about creating some of the village locations in the film? Yeah the village uh, we used in the TV series was Bampton in Oxfordshire but we needed a bigger village really because we had the Royal Parade which is huge you know 80 horses 100 soldiers six huge gun carriages so we expanded the village we went to a village in the west of England called Laycock which I'd used before on a TV series called Cranford and had a wonderful high street wonderful period high street which we Still had to do do our usual work too, and a beautiful parade ground where we built all our, our podium and and tents and gala, 
So we made the village bigger than we've ever seen it before. And it's something, you know, and more lavish and a more extravagant. And it's something we try to do right through the film, actually, is to give everywhere we've seen before, plus the new places, to up their level and to make it richer and just a better visual experience for the audience. Castle. My lady, please come in. This is an honour. I don't want to be a nuisance, but I need your help, Carson. Barrow just isn't up to the task. My lady? He won't clean the silver, or he won't let Andrew clean it. What? He says the page of the thingamy will choose which pieces to use. I see. The truth is, he's in a sort of trance. Won't you help me? I feel I'm pushing a rock uphill. I'll be there in the morning, my lady. Don't you worry. You're a treasure, Carson. That's all there is to say. I'll see myself out. For you, what was it like to transition and take this beloved series to a motion picture? It was wonderful, actually. Um, when you first start on a show like this, you always hope it's successful or people watch it. But to get to the stage where at the end of the series, everybody talked about a, a film, but you know, it was obviously difficult to get 17, 18 leading actors together and at the same time. So it took some time to, to make it happen. But when we all got together again, uh, we all knew each other and it was a fantastic reunion. Professionally, uh, it was much, much easier because on a film show, you've got more time so you can experiment with more locations and more, you have more money, which is a good thing. And hopefully when people see it, they will appreciate, you know, the extra layer we've given it uh, above the, the television series, which, you know, was hopefully successful as well. But you know, hopefully that everybody will appreciate the extra level we've given it. Right. And again, you were reunited with cast and crew that you worked with on this series. Would you tell us about how you collaborate with the different departments? Well, uh, the makeup and costume department uh, had worked on the series. Anna Scott Robbins is the costume designer and Anne Oldham is the makeup designer. And I've known those uh, both of them for, for many years and uh, we collaborate very well together. So it was like falling back into old ways, really. To go back to Anna and, and Anne, was you know a reunion a joyful reunion and uh, we had our shorthand and we we carried on where we left off a number of years ago and could you elaborate on this because the period look and the period costumes i mean they're so related yeah i think it's um for all of us i think it's really a conversation about colors and tones and how we want it to look and the movie we felt was going to be shot in late summer but it's almost this time last year really so we wanted to give it that golden feel that feeling of end of summer, end of the year, that lovely long evenings. And I think we reflect a lot of that in our in our colour palettes, in our tones, in our textures. You know, it wasn't a big meeting, but we've known each other so long. We you know, bounced a few ideas around with Michael Engler, and Gareth Neem and Liz, the producer. So I feel that it was a simple idea because it was, it was brought out by the, the time of year we shot it in. I think the interesting addition was Ben Smithard, the director of photography, who I'd worked with before on the dresser and henry the fourth part one and two and i know ben very well and my week with marilyn we both worked on the movie my week with marilyn but ben gave it a new eye and because you know we have been to high Clare so many times but he walked in and gave it a whole new aspect a whole new vision and a whole new framing which was 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 joyful and found shots we'd never seen before and i think that was uh, to his credit no maid no valet no nanny even it's 1927 we modern folk. Nanny will take care of Marigold, and Anna can look after you. Really? Can she? Of course. 
Just like the old days. Granny's here and Isabel, and we're paying a call this afternoon on Princess Mary. Oh, has my new ball dress arrived? Not yet, but it will. Hello, Mary. How are you? What was the most enjoyable part about bringing this movie to the screen? Wow, that's a hard one. Um, I think the most enjoyable part, selfishly, is probably just getting together with everybody again. It was We had a lovely time over the last decade and seeing the cast and seeing the crew and, and you know, Michael Engler, the director, had directed some of the episodes before. So really it was, you know, a wonderful few months of our lives. And um, there's the usual ups and downs of filming and the, the hard work everybody puts in, but... Um, it really was a very, very enjoyable job. I know perhaps people aren't supposed to say that, but it, it was, and um, I, it was a great few months. Did you have a favourite episode from the series? Series? Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, I think probably the Christmas special where um, Matthew and Mary got together eventually. That was probably one of the most moving ones, and that got a very big audience reaction as well, uh, uh, where it ended it with, the, with his, his proposal and snowing and, you know, Everybody's Christmas was made made by that wonderful Christmas episode. What do you remember most about working on that episode? Um, I think probably reading the script and thinking this is a really, really wonderful show to put out at Christmas time. It, it had already, Downton Abbey had already got its popularity by then and you felt this was a great Christmas present for everyone who was going to watch it. I mean, subsequent ones where Matthew died wasn't so so well received, but... That certainly was a highlight and certainly was so much in the Downton mode and so much in the, in the great tradition of Downton. And I'm sure you got to know the cast members. What was it like to be reunited with them? It was great fun. It was like we hadn't seen each other for, what's two and a half years? And um, I think it's just getting together. When we all met again at the read-through, um, that was actually at, um, at uh, Twickenham Studios in, in, a, in a soundstage. It was just, you know, like, like old families meeting up with each other again. And uh, everybody was, you know, a little bit tearful, had a, a lot of hugs and a lot of good to see everybody and, and realised it finally this rather tricky uh, thing to corral, which is you know, getting 17 leading actors to be in the same place at the same time, had happened. And I think that was that was joyous. Um, yeah, I mean, my stories of making the whole series, TV series, as you know, I travel around the whole of, Great Britain, really, which is, you know, fantastic. And what seeing many huge country houses you would never have seen, you know, um, normally. So that was a, it was almost like a holiday making it in that sense. But um, it's one of those shows, sometimes you don't have a good time on a film or on a TV show, but for Downton Abbey, and that, that's why I think a lot of the crew returned because everybody had a good time. Was it enjoyable to be reunited with Maggie Smith's character? <laughs> Always. There's, she gets all the best lines every single time. Um, you know, you, you can go on YouTube and look up Maggie's 10 best lines and they're all fantastic. But they're only brilliant because they're delivered by her and her expertise. I mean, she's just 84, I think she is now. She's absolutely amazing. A tour de force. Why did you not say this long ago? It seemed too great a leap for you. Well, who do you think I am? Some maiden aunt who's never left the village? Obviously not. Well, don't think I approve, because I don't. Or at least I understand. Does Miss Smith know the truth? Yes, she does. When I get home, I will hire another maid, and Lucy can be my companion. Oh, but that's much more suitable. And I'm afraid you'll dislike it, but she says that she and Tom Branson have agreed to correspond. 
<laughs> Dislike it, I will lick the stones myself. <laughs> You are amazing, Violet. You haven't won, you know. I don't believe in defeat. Would you tell us how you got started as a production designer and also how you became involved in the series? So um, I'm actually Irish, but we moved to the UK when I was very small, as a baby. Uh, how I got involved was uh, Liz Trubridge, who was one of the original producers, uh, just rang me up. I'd, I'd finished on Cranford, which was pretty successful in, on PBS in, in America. And she said, um, I'm starting a new ITV series, uh, period series, called Downton Abbey. Are you interested? I said, absolutely. That, that sounds great. I said, what's it about? And she said, oh, it's about a rich family with servants. And I said, Liz, it's it's one year after the global crash. Oh, nobody's going to watch that, surely. And what did I know? I mean, I was, you know, you never know what's going to be popular. You never know what's going to be successful. And, uh, you know, we... we Thought there'd be one series and there were six and, and and the film. So I'm certainly the wrong person to ask on what makes a success. But uh, no, it was uh, that was simple as that. It was a phone call and then my agent and off we went. Do you think we'll see more from the Crawleys in the future? I think uh, there's certain uh, mu- muted rumours. I, I know Julian w- would have liked to have done a prequel. Uh, there was a talk of a one set further in the future. In you know the sixties, I mean, we, there's been lots of conversations, but uh, until the great man Mr. Fellows writes it, then uh, there's nothing at all, I guess. But uh, and of course, you know, without his wonderful writing over the years and and with the film, uh, it wouldn't wouldn't have been what it is. And I think that it's tribute to him, really. What are you working on next? Uh, I've just finished on uh, Belgravia again, <laughs> written by Julian Fellows. It was a book he wrote it's for epics and um itv over here he, he wrote a book yeah about the belgravia area of london and it's, it's quite, quite dickensian quite a dickens book in its structure and uh we've just finished the series uh, a few weeks ago anything you'd like to add i just hope everybody enjoys the film you know it is downton abbey and it's a joyous film there's some few tears here and there but um i think hopefully people will enjoy it and that's why we're in the business to hope to give people entertainment i think Thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.